He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Good afternoon, Father. Good afternoon, John Ray. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been uh, it's been uh, what two weeks? Uh, it's, it's been exactly two weeks. Um, so uh, I just want to you know acknowledge why why it's been a couple of weeks. As many of you know, my father in law passed away um, two weeks after a long battle with COVID and the aftermath of all the things with COVID. Um, and I say that to say thanks because so many of you have reached out to me and Alicia and our family. Um, your prayers have been felt and we really appreciate and love being part of a community that has just embraced us in this time and walked with us and really held us up. So yourself included, Father. Yeah. Well, um, it was beautiful to walk into the room and then see a family together. Right. Um, it's important as Christians that we don't shy away from this hard thing that, uh, rightfully so is just this, uh, a traumatic experience, but it's, it's a beginning. It's a, it's a beautiful entrance. If we live the right way, it's a beautiful embrace by God. And a, a good death is uh, one where we're surrounded by love, a family, uh, Jesus and Mary, the sacraments. That That's uh, that's the way I want to go. Praying the rosary and um, being with my family, the sacraments, the church, God being present. And uh, that's what I saw. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, it was a long journey. It, it was almost 90 days to the day. Um, and a couple of things happened in that journey. Every night as a family, we prayed a rosary via Zoom call. My mother-in-law is an ICU nurse. And so she was able to be in the room with him. You know, and we had our Zoom call. We get our daily updates of what was going on. And the whole family, you know, my father-in-law, um, his legacy lives on in nine children and so far 15 grandchildren children. Um, some of his nine are not married and some of them aren't done having kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we've had some of the siblings reach out and ask to continue that rosary, which is really cool. Um, you know, and I mean, if I'm being honest, uh, my mother-in-law's faith is incredible and was such a witness to us. Yeah, I remember a good friend of mine, a priest friend of mine, Father uh, John Joseph, uh, with the community of Jesus Crucified. Mm -hmm. Whenever my grandfather passed away, my first grandfather, uh, he told me something that was told to him. Uh, and he says, whenever a holy person passes away, people around them become holier. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's just, I, I've, I've seen that time and time again, that when a, when a holy person passes away that the people around them step up and become holy themselves yeah i believe it <laughs> so um so yeah uh i don't want to start crying on the microphone so there we go we'll leave it there but uh, again thank y'all for the prayers and and the support um my mother-in-law says it it sucks but he wouldn't want to come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's a good way to put it um so this weekend we had a pretty uh you know, again, you didn't get to preach this week. Yeah, I'm starting know, to notice I, that pattern. 
Well, you know, just sometimes you just need to kick your feet up, you know? Yeah. Uh, is that what you did? Listen, no. I, I wasn't at a mass that you celebrated, but right now I'm yeah. picturing an ottoman right outside of yeah, the presider's just, chair. I was just sitting in the first pew. Sometimes, you know, people Did you don't, set up a hammock? Some people don't think, <laughs> people don't think about this. Priests, we never get to just a, like attend mass. Like, I'm going to sit in the back and I'm just see what the priest does. I was like, no, nah, I'm the priest. You don't do that on vacation? Uh, no, nah, I mean, we just kind of celebrate mass, yeah. uh, private mass by ourselves. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, and so that we just kind of when you go to the beach I mean they got some pretty cool churches on the beach where you can like see the ocean and stuff you should just kind of go incognito I haven't been to the beach yet as a as a priest uh, yet I've only been a priest for a few months so that's true well I mean but it was summertime yeah we did go to you were busy doing all the projects the stained glass windows the parking lot the... I'm glad someone remembers yeah, yeah. I was busy how just could, turning how, this ship how could I forget <laughs> somebody kept bringing it up yeah um, so we'll, we've kind of discussed how we want to you know tackle this past Sunday's gospel but before we dive into that um, why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about Father Brady's homily mm-hmm. and kind of set up for you know what he spoke about last night in the um, the 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 Parish Life Center you know on family yeah. planning um, so so yeah you want to kind of elaborate on your thoughts on his homily this weekend because you were sharing a little bit yeah absolutely I think Father Brady uh, he wanted to give all the homilies this weekend because there's some topics how selfish yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding, Father Brady. <laughs> well, there goes John Ray. We're gonna need another <laughs> another person. Uh, I mean, there's there's some topics that are just they're hard topics uh, because they affect so many people in a very deep way, and one of those being divorce. Um, and so Father Brady, uh, being the pastor and the shepherd that he is, I think is very admirable. Whenever these touchy subjects comes up, he wants to preach all of the masses. Uh, he pulls the extra weight because he, th- he would rather them hear it from him who they're very familiar with. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I almost said, yeah, sometimes with my kids, I want it to be my voice and not my wife's. And I realized that you're not the wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the wife is the church. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Anyway. So fine, yeah, Father Brady. We're just in a joking mood. It's been a few weeks, you know. Got to get it out. Uh, so Father Brady, he he preached about how pretty much what happened in the in the nineteen sixties. Divorce rate was at a, you know, it was at a taboo. Some of our older older listeners might remember this. I remember my grandmother telling me this that when she was growing up, she got married, and this she knew. I think only one person that got a divorce I mean it was extremely taboo uh, not that long ago and then now to where divorce rates in, in some parts 60% uh, for, he said 40 to 60% depending on what demographic or uh, you kind of narrow it down to uh, I mean it skyrocketed I remember uh, several years ago I heard and it's been a few minutes. Um, I heard that there were parts of the country where they were renting wedding bands mm-hmm. instead of yeah. purchasing them. Yeah. So just this, I mean, it just kind of makes you quite like what in the world happened? Uh, that's a staggering number. And uh, he went into two documents that uh, the church put forward. One was Casti Canubi, the other one, Humana Vitae. <laughs> so Humana Vitae is what he went into last night uh, about how this contraceptive mindset 
that didn't exist before is going to harm families, harm the youth, and harm society. And um, the statistics are there. The logic is there. And like a prophet, uh, Pope Paul VI and Humana Vitae said, if this one thing happens, all of these smaller things will happen. Mm -hmm. And like a checklist, check, 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 all of them, all of them met. And, uh, and so Father Brady went into that about pretty much the number one attack on families today, how uh, the thing that's being a barrier between a happy, healthy, and holy marriage. Yeah, and I mean, we saw, we've seen so much that has come from that, you know, prophecy of Pope Paul VI, uh, I mean, abortion, divorce rates have skyrocketed, right? Um, human slavery, like mm -hmm. just a general lack of respect for life in all walks, right? Yeah. I mean, just once you start, start to take the meaning out of uh, the human embrace, the marital embrace, it just becomes an object to mm -hmm. be abused. People become things that we use instead yeah. of things that we love. Yeah. People, I'm, I, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. That uh, when we start to take the meaning, oh, this is just a meaningless act. No, it's not. I mean, you can't tell me that. I mean, then how can so many people be embraced in a loving way in that way? And then so many people be hurt. If it's so meaningless, people would not be hurt by this or be, uh, you know, taken up yeah. by it. It's, a, it's an extraordinary, meaningful thing. And we cannot take the meaning, the responsibility out of this, out yeah. of the, the marital embrace. And I mean, it was given to us, you know, uh, the gospel says it, uh, you know, they come up to Jesus, you know, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? And Jesus replies and says, what did Moses say? And they said, Moses permitted his husband, you know, to write a bill of divorce. And Jesus said, because of your hardness of hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. The two shall become one flesh, right? God created that marital embrace for a reason. Um, and so jump all the second, I think this is a great kind of segue. You know, we, we talked about a lot of the smoke that came from the fire, but let's get to the heart of the fire. Um, you know, John Paul II spent the first three years of his papacy going back to the beginning. Right. Oh yeah. And really unpacking what, what, what did, what did Jesus mean? It wasn't that way from the beginning. And today that's become known as the theology of the body. And I mean, if you would, we can kind of dive into a little bit of why that marital embrace is so important. Why, um, the family is attacked because of that, you know, and, and, and what is it that the family, you know, we talked about sacraments a lot. Why is marriage a sacrament? Yeah. And I think, I think we're touching on that. You know, if the sacraments make visible the invisible reality of God, then Mac, what does marriage do as a sacrament? It makes visible that invisible reality. Right. And so, um, so, you know, l let's dive into the theology of the body. Absolutely. That John Ray hit a lot of really good points. The theology of the body, for people that don't know, Pope St. John Paul II or Pope St. John Paul the Great, um, in his first years as, papa, uh, as a pope, 
Wednesday audiences are a very common thing with popes. Uh, they uh, they kind of go up on the balcony and and give some type of uh, talk. We, we'll say it like that. Some type of speech from the balcony on Wednesdays. With John Paul II, for the first ye- few years of I his, I think it was three years. Yeah, I, I might be wrong. It was like a hundred and fifty something audiences. Yes, yeah. he uh, he gave it all on what we call the theo- what we call now theology of the body. He was trying to get at the heart of what Jesus wanted, what God intends with the human person, because it's very obvious the human person is made for love and to be loved, that we not, we're not just loners. We, we go in communities, we form marriages, we have kids and we, and we love and raise our kids and love our spouse. And it's, there's so many different meanings that we can't really find in other Animals, and so what is this theology of the body of the human person? And Saint John Paul the Great went uh, very deep into this for the first three years of his papacy. On Wednesday audiences, now known as theology of the body, he was trying to get at what is the heart of being the human person. So uh, while you were talking, I started thinking about, and this is kind of like just a little personal example, but it reminded me of one of my first uh, times hearing about the theology of the body. I had the privilege of spending the day really listening to Christopher West, who, you know, was one of the first people that really started speaking this theology of the body to lay people. Um, And I I spent eight hours listening to him. Mm -hmm. He, He had so much to say that we literally gave him about five minutes to eat lunch. And then like once he finished, we fixed our plates and he he kept going while we were all eating, you know? And I remember at the end of the day going, whoa, like- It's a lot. It, it, it was a ton, right? Um, but he said this, you know, and, and I think this touches on, you know, the the heart of what J- John Paul II was, was looking at it. He said, um, that the marital embrace will continue to refer to mm-hmm. it, that act as the marital embrace in case we have young listeners. But if he said, if we go back into our lineage, right, at, at, at any point and we remove one marital embrace that led to life, then you and I cease to exist today, right? And that was mind-blowing to me. Like, whoa. I mean, because each one of us, we, we say, you know— we believe in our faith that we have a purpose, that God created us for a reason, that we were in his thoughts before time, right? And so if, if that is the reality, then, you know, and then I remember when we were pregnant for our third child, Noah, um, and I was reading in Revelations, it's chapter four, verse 11, it says, worthy are you, Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things because of your will, they came to be and were created. Right. And for those of you who know us, uh, it, it, there's a almost seven year gap in between our second and our third. And it's not because there was a whoops in our, in our life. There was literally a, a desire to have a third child. We've always wanted four and God has blessed us with those four today. Um, today we really say we have two plus two because hmm. we have a 13 and 11 year old and we have a five and a three year old. But, um, Alicia's work circumstances changed, her stress level changed, and we got pregnant, you know, and, um, and, and there was a kind of like 
shock moment because six months before that we'd gotten rid of everything and you know kim hardy's our doctor he was like you want to start doing tests and i was like no <laughs> i have a boy and a girl right if god only wants to bless us with two that's fine and and then we meet noah and i remember i'm reading this passage and and that reminder of what christopher west said about like had at any point in those seven years we would have conceived a child um we wouldn't have met noah God wanted the world to know Noah and he's a holy terror right now. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, which also affirmed like, man, you and I are, we're in his thoughts. Right. And so that marital embrace is so important, not only because it brings life, but it, you know, John Paul II talks about the language of love that it speaks. Right. Yeah. So John Paul II, St. John Paul, the great brought out a beautiful image Let's take, let's go way back. Let's take God and himself. God, we say, is a trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Kind of getting into theology, real, uh, Trinitarian theology, very, very lightly. The Father begets the Son, and the Father and the Son beget or spirate the Holy Spirit. Cool, that was a big word. I've never heard it before. Spirate, yeah. The, uh, the Eastern the Eastern uh, Church does not believe in spiration, and so that was the main split. So explain spiration for our listeners who's like me, who mm -hmm. have never heard this before. Spiration of the Spirit is how we say for Pentecost, the, fa the Son ascends into heaven, and the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. So spiration of the Holy Spirit means that the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit into the world. Okay. Whereas in the East, they do not believe in spiration. They believe that the Father sends the Son and the Father alone sends the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay. And so spiration is just the teamwork. Teamwork makes just the dream work. I thought I liked the Eastern Church. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so the, um, okay. So the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. An abundance of love between the Father and the Son, that is what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is that love, that bond between the Father and the Son. Now let's bring it back to marriage. Mm-hmm. The man and the wife, their relationship with each other are the most important thing in the family. I'm going to say that again. The relationship between the husband and the wife is the most important thing in the family. If the mom and dad are close, the kids will be close. So um, it's funny you say that. The best piece of advice that I think that I've ever been given, and I'm still unpacking that today, by the way, was on my wedding night. Um, one of a good friend of ours walked up to me and he's like six foot six. So I was like looking up to him literally, literally, figuratively, <laughs> maybe. And he said, um, he said, your children, if God so willing is to bless you with children, he said, your children will learn how to love, not by the way that you love them, but by the way you love Alicia and mm -hmm. the way she loves you. I think that touches on what you're saying. Absolutely. If if the mom and the dad are close and they love each other, kids pick up way more on what they see than on being told on being like this is what you do and then don't do it. Yep. The uh sons will learn how to treat a woman by the way that the dad treats the mom and and women or young ladies will learn how to be treated. Mhm. Mm by looking at her mom and dad or uh, uh, what to expect in a marriage. The sacrament exists between the husband and the wife. Yeah. The mom and the dad. The sacrament exists. The children are the fruit of that sacrament. Bingo. Children 
are the fruit of that. From the love that exists between the husband and the wife comes forth the child. Yep. So I'm, I really hope my Trinitarian uh, teacher is not listening to this, but an analogy is both correct and not correct in some ways. But the relationship between the, the mom and the dad spirate a child. Right, to where it's the love between, it's supposed to be the love so between them. In that eight-hour lecture, Christopher West said it this way. He said, the, you, you mentioned this, the, the, the father gives the gift of himself to the son. The son receives the gift of the father, gives himself back in love to the father. The love between the father and the son, we're talking about the Trinity right mm-hmm. now, God. The love between the father and the son beget the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, he said the marriage becomes the mirror image of that because the husband gives the gift of himself in love to the wife. The wife receives the gift of the husband and gives herself back in love to the husband and the love between the two. God willing, if it is so his will creates, doesn't beget, but yeah. creates a third person, the child, and then the family become the mirror image of the Trinity in the world. Yeah. So how does the marriage, the sacrament of marriage, how does it mirror, make visible the invisible reality of God? Well, it it creates a mirror image of the Holy of the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Uh, God out of an abundance of love creates and out of an abundance of love between the man and the wife becomes uh, comes a child. And that's why we say the child is the fruit of the love of marriage, right? This is, this is we're going into the theology of marriage. Why? Why marriage? It's because it reflects the holiest thing, which is God. And that's why it's easy to see how Satan can try to miscrew the uh, marriage because if you can attack families if you can attack marriages our lady of fatima goes into this uh, in her apparition that the la- the final battle will be over the family mm-hmm. because the family is such a holy thing uh, that we in the church in the catholic church we say the family is a domestic church or we could say it's a it's a little church mm-hmm. it's the first place where the children hear about god yeah it's the first place that they experience love. Probably, mm-hmm. I would argue as a youth minister, for, for those parents who are listening out there, maybe who have a teenager who you feel like is, you know, a mutant who has gone somewhere else and <laughs> doesn't care about your opinion at all. I can tell you, you know, time and time and time again, the kids that I ministered to, you know, um, who had the least amount of issues knew that they were loved by their parents. Mm -hmm. They knew that their parents loved each other. Um, not that they were perfect. I mean, my, my marriage, my family is not perfect. We have our shouting matches. We had some this morning. Um, but, um, but, but, it's where our kids experience God's love and, and parents, your kids value your opinion more than any other opinion out there, even if they pretend that they don't. Yeah. It's a, uh, and I can, I see this, I see this working with people all the time that in, in baptism, we remind parents that parents, you will be the first formators of your child that we're here to help you in any and every way we possibly can. We hope to be there at the very first moments of baptism to the final moments of the anointing of the sick and everywhere in between. But we can't take over that role of mom and dad. It's, uh, It's so important that parents are involved in their child's life, but then in a good way. 
the, um, to be good influences, and especially with each other. The, the love between spouses should be first and foremost. I Look, I'm ordained, I'm only recently ordained, and I have to continually remind myself, I mean, y'all, I'm being serious, I have to remind myself of this every single day, multiple times a day, that my relationship with God comes first. That before I can do anything else, I have to pray me. I have to pray. I have to get on my knees in the church. I have to uh, go to adoration. I have to say my liturgy, the hours, all of these things. I have to pray every day because I owe that to my spouse, who is the church. And, And if I don't do that, then I can't do anything else. All of my other actions, they may seem good on the surface, but they're hollow and they're not blessed by God and they're not um, appeasing to God because I'm trying to do stuff without him. Mm -hmm. It's the same way for married couples that you have to continually remind yourself every day that the first... What comes first, comes first. First things first. So I'll say this, since, you know, you're not a wife or a <laughs> husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, that as, as a married couple, we also have to put our relationship with God first, right? Because my broken, selfish, sinful, insecure person, right, lashes out a lot. At, at, at Alicia, you know, in those moments where we have arguments and disagreements and, you know, and it's because I didn't go to God first. I wasn't allowing my cup to be filled. Mm. Right. And I hear things through my own lens and filter. Right. Um, and, and, and likewise. And then our relationship comes right after God. I mean, like it's God and it's us. Right. And, and so as a married couple, like your relationship with the Lord needs to be the priority in your life and your spouse needs to come immediately after that. And y'all's relationship together with the Lord, right? You have to have that individual relationship and then that relationship together as a couple. I put this image, uh, for people, Whenever I am um, talking to couples about to get married or they're newly or uh, newly married, and I say it sounds kind of weird, love is like a triangle. <laughs> that at the top, the top point is God, and the bottom two points are you and your spouse. The closer you two move to God, the closer you two get to each other. Because only God knows me through and through. Like even me. I, I think I do things for one reason. I may discern later on. It's like, no, I was really doing it for this other reason. Only God searches the mind and probes the heart. He knows the number of hairs on my head. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. The closer I get to God, the closer I'm able to be to with his people. It's the same thing for uh, spouses. The closer they're able to move to God together, the closer they're going to be to each other. If you feel like you're slipping apart from each other, look at, I mean, relationship with God. Are y'all able to pray together? Have y'all ever prayed together? At the end of the day, do you get on your knees and hold hands and pray? I mean, it, it's uh, that a relationship of, is so important. Yeah. And so to kind of move us back to where we started, you know, it wasn't that way in the beginning, you know, and how scripture like marriage has become an, a battleground. I really think between, you know, the, the good and evil Satan and, you know, like mm-hmm. and has been since the beginning of time. I mean, we look at how they tempted, how Satan tempted Adam and Eve and what was the consequence of the fall. Right. They immediately um, they immediately 
clothed themselves because they were naked and now they were ashamed where they were naked and they weren't ashamed before that because something entered the world the opposite of love entered the world right and opposite of love is not hate and the spouses hid themselves from god Mm -hmm. the first wedge was drawn between them and then between god and that's, uh, I mean, that's the attack on the family. Yeah. If, if, if Satan can drive a wedge between you and your spouse and you, or you and God, you two and God, that's, that's the game plan. Absolutely. And he does that by tempting us, right? To use each other yeah. and use the other, right? Um, which is where contraception comes into play in the marriage because the opposite of love is not hate, it's lust. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and if marriage mirrors God and the marital embrace mirrors his love, right? Um, then, then when we contracept, we take God's love and turn it into a lie. Yeah. is essentially what we do. And so m- maybe we can conclude with that four attributes that, um, that John Paul II went into, you know, free, total, faithful, fruitful. The, God's love is free. God's love is total. God loves is faithful. God love, God's love is fruitful. It's the wedding vows. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's what we, that's what Alicia and I stood and we said, our love's going to be free, total, faithful, fruitful. Maybe not in those words, but it's what we say, right? Yeah. And so explain those attributes of God's love, if you will, um, free, total, faithful, fruitful, and how that mirrors itself in, in love, is sp- particularly in the marital embla- embrace. Yeah, so human beings, are the, we're created in the image and likeness of God. With one of those attributes of image and likeness of God is that we have free will. Like, I am free to do now there's there's I can be under certain constraints, right? Someone could force me to write my sure. name, but like in regards to accepting God's love, denying God's love, accepting another person's love, deny, I'm free. God has made me with free will, and I freely choose to lay down my. God freely chose to lay down His life for us, mm-hmm. and so it says Saint Paul that uh, a husband should lay down his life for his wife. It's a, I freely choose to love this person. And it's important, uh, free, it has to be free. You can't force it. Oh, is it, what's that? Uh, oh, in movies, they had this, uh, shotgun weddings, right? That doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. It has to be a free, a free yes to this one person. A free yes. Total, before I can say yes to this one person, I have to say no to everyone else. Everyone else that's come before and everyone else that's going to come after. I'm saying yes, a total free yes to this one person. And whenever I'm able to give my total self to you and you give your total self to me, that is when we're imaging God and our and the love between yeah. spouses, the, um, because God the Father, only the Son knows the Father, and only the Father knows the Son, mm-hmm. and uh, it's that total gift. There's no reservations. This is it's a it is a complete, total, and free gift between the two, and it's faithful. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, a married couple promises to be faithful to each other, you know, that that they're not going to have other marital relationships outside of the the person that they commit themselves to. Yeah. uh, 
a big thing with uh, contraceptives is what it, it says that it, 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 this is what it does. It makes the marital embrace just an object to be used. Mm-hmm. There's no point to it. There's no responsibility. There's no love. Yeah. It's only about the, the pleasure, the lust. And if that's the case, then, uh, and people have said this before, but they won't go all the way in their logic with it. Um, I said, well, yeah, I mean, it's just a, I mean, it's just an act. It doesn't have to be about all this other stuff. Right. It's not it doesn't have to be this big baggage thing. It's like, okay, well, why don't you let your spouse, you know, does do they have to be faithful if it's just an object, if it's just a a tool to be used uh, for for whatever purpose? (laughs) No way. (laughs) uh, That's true. That act means something. And if it doesn't mean anything, then why should spouses remain faithful to each other? Why do we have marriage to begin with? Bingo. It's uh, the marital embrace means much more than what society says it means. Mm. Much more. Popular culture has absolutely no idea what it's about. And uh, it's sad because it trains young people, it trains even older people to say it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but if that's the case, then uh, why are marriages, why should marriages be faithful? Correct. And then it's fruitful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fruitful because God willing, it can bring forth new life into the world. And it's fruitful because it's fruitful for the marriage, mm-hmm. right? It brings life and renews life in the marriage, you know, because I mean, I have a, a buddy that, that, does a lot of couples counseling, right? And some of the most unhealthy marriages, you know, when you strip everything away, you find out that they haven't been intimate with each other in quite some time, right? The act itself brings life to the marriage and can bring new life mm-hmm. to the world, you know? So free, total, faithful, fruitful. Um, contraception twists that language, right? Mm-hmm. It takes God's selfless love and turns it into a selfish act, right? Yeah. God's love is selfless. You can't look at the crucifix and not know that, right? Um, you you can't look at the Eucharist and not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we're called in our marriages to that selfless love and to show the world a selfless love, right? Yeah, it's it, it is a beautiful. I mean, God knew what He was doing. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the best way to put it. marriages when done. Correct. When they're happy, they're healthy, and they're holy, there's nothing more inspiring to me as a priest than seeing a family, a, a young family, with grandparents involved, the, the spouses love each other, you got kids running around, the house is a mess. I mean, that is, that's like bread and butter. That's, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. When I see, when I see just a happy, healthy, holy family, and uh, I'm just kind of like, I'm just in the background. That's, that's what really... That's what inspires me. That's what really uh, gets me going, gives me energy, is to see that. Yeah. I used to tell our, uh, I, I actually used to do this with our confirmation candidates. Um, and and I, think, I think this is, you know, the encouragement to dive deeper into this topic, to come and sit with you, come and sit with Father Brady. Maybe we can all maybe we can do a speaking series, you know, and, and really dive deeper into some of this. But I, th- I think um, the biggest issue is that we've bought into a counterfeit. And I used mm-hmm. to, with our confirmation candidates, I would Xerox. I just dated myself. 
I would make a copy of, <laughs> I would make a copy of a hundred dollar bill. I'd cut it out. Right. You know, and because of who I am, I'd write, I'd write uh, fake on it. You know, that way no, yeah. nobody thought I was trying to, you know, forge, forge money. <laughs> Got to cover your basis. But, um, I would, I would, ask a question. It didn't matter what the question was. I'd offer a hundred dollars to whoever answered it correctly. And then I'd walk up to that person with the microphone and I'd show, I'd hand them the fake. Right. And they, they thought, I mean, I showed them the real one when I said I got a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then they would, you know, they, they, they get all excited and they look down at it and they were disappointed. I'm like, well, what's wrong? And they're like, well, this isn't real. This isn't what you just showed me. And I was like, oh, you, you want this one. And I'd hold up the real one. Right. And, um, and, I'd grab the fake one from him and I'd tell him I was a youth minister. I couldn't give him Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Did you tell him you? Yeah. <laughs> I said, now, now here's, here's what, here's the question that I have for you. What if from the time that you could start thinking thoughts, I convinced you and I'd hold up the fake one. I convinced you that the fake one was the real one and the real one was the fraud, was the counterfeit. When you got older, you would, you would believe that the counterfeit was real and the real was a counterfeit. Does that make the counterfeit real? And he said, no. I said, and that's the problem with our sexuality is that Satan has sold us a lie and he has convinced us that the counterfeit is the real thing and the real thing is the counterfeit. Mm -hmm. It's what you talked about when, you know, well, it, marriage doesn't, the act doesn't have to be about all those things. Well, no, it does because that's the way that God intended it. Yeah. You know, and I think society in general has bought into a lie that they don't even realize that they bought into. The, the best, this might be kind of, I know we're closing it up, but the most powerful statement I've ever heard on this was actually from St. John Paul, the, the great. And he, and he said, he said the problem, and this is, you know, he said the problem with, Pornography. I know it's not uh, with contraception, but the problem with pornography. But that's part of this whole yeah, lie. It know? is. I mean, it's part of the assault on marriage mm -hmm. and, and the human person. Yeah. He said the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much of the person. The problem is it doesn't show enough. Yeah. And it really flips it on its head. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, well, again, maybe we can put together some more, you know, we can get with Father Brady and, and kind of, I, I think this is a good topic. I think we've gotten a good response from the topic. I think our people are hungry for, for, you know, kind of the meat and potatoes, you know? Oh, yeah. And we have uh, here at St. Pius, I know personally, great doctors and great uh, thinkers that come to our church that are very educated on these topics yep. and that they're, they're married, have kids and everything. And uh, given talks, even at our seminary, when I, being at my seminary, I've, I've met a few of these speakers and it's uh, very, very convincing. Yep, absolutely. So, um, well, cool. Uh, for, for all of our married couples out there, um, thank you for your yes to each other. Know of our prayers, whether you are living out exactly like you're supposed to be or this is all new to you, um, you know, know that we're praying for you because we know the battleground that marriage mm -hmm. is, right? And look, coming from a priest, I know people say I get really inspired by my, my pastor and everything. What really inspires us as priests is to see the families to see y'all uh coming to church just making it happen you know uh, whether it looks good or it doesn't look good on some days uh one of my biggest joys is going to people's houses the the houses 
somewhat a mess. The mom tried to fix it up. Uh, the kids running around. It's just a chaos. That, I mean, that really just, it, it lights a fire under me, underneath me. Yeah. And and if your marriage is struggling and you look out, you know, there's there's this this um, kind of mindset that you know, we've talked about how I'm big on mindset. There's this mindset. Don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. Mm, if you see a bunch it. of if you see a bunch of families and marriages that look like they have it all together, trust trust me when I tell you all of us struggle every yeah. marriage. Right. We all have our ups and downs in our in our rocky roads. If, so. we, if we were perfect, we'd be in heaven. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so we're, since we're not perfect, we're not there yet. Yep. So know of our prayers. And if we can help in any way, um, let us know. We, we would be happy to sit and chat and pray and, and walk with you in that. So God bless y'all. We'll see y'all this weekend. God bless. God bless.